When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The year is 1980. Sydney's streets are filthy, running rampant with crime and corruption. Puberty blues is onto the cinemas, Ice House is blaring on the stereo, it's humid and dangerous, and a young man has decided to join the police force to fight crime. That man, of course, is my dad. Loose Units, the podcast, was created to tell the cases that wouldn't fit into my first book, Loose Units. But Loose Units was a series of fantastical tales that I wrote based on the real crimes my dad solved on the force back in the early 80s. So this season, Dad and I are finally going to go back, back, back to the year 1980. And each week, we'll be going chapter by chapter through Loose Units, the book. And Dad will tell us the story behind my version of events. It'll be thrilling, revelatory, and as always, very very loose. Welcome to Loose Units Origins. Hello and welcome to Loose Units Origins. My dad was a cop back in the bloody 1980s and it was really scary and shit. So what we do is every week we get together and we go through a chapter of the book I wrote about him, Loose Units. Dad, I joked a couple of times when Father's Day was approaching and you said, oh, mate, what are you getting me for Father's Day? And I said, uh, I wrote a book about you. I wrote two books about you. And you seem to think that wasn't enough. I guess what I would like to ask, uh, opening this episode up, is do you feel at all... I mean, do you feel chuffed that there is a book based on stuff you did? Or do you feel a bit shy about it? Or like, what is it like to have someone take things you did and create characters based on those those things? Is that a strange experience for you? Well, it's a really great question, Paul. As are all of your questions. Most, most, I would say. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going for, for all. <laughs> because let's face it, Paul, I'm an all or nothing person, as yes, are right. you. Yes, you have a, you, uh, yeah, maybe me as well. Sort of have a, we have sort of have like a switch. Something is either a thing or not a thing. It is in a state of being or not being. So mm, mm. nothing is ever in the middle. Yeah, you don't really give middling assessments you don't say something was pretty good or okay it's either good or bad correct um, yep by by that metric how do you gauge the how would you rate the experience of you know um having a bunch of characters running around in a book that are based on you and people you know what is that like well i find the whole thing very grounding i thought um this whole process would would go to my head but it hasn't um, Paul, why are you laughing? 
Because I'm no, serious. Was, no, just let me let me let me tell uh, yourself and the listeners a, a, a story that comes from a place of love. We were at a bookstore in Adelaide doing a signing, and when Dad and I first released, uh, you know, this podcast, and we were doing book signings. Dad, you felt very bashful. You were saying, oh, I didn't write the book, mate. It's your book. I'm not going to sign it. And I said, no, you signed it. It'll be nice for people. And you said, oh, can I? Oh, thanks. In an Adelaide bookstore, you took the books away from me and then signed. Your hand was doing massive arcs, like you were doing this huge signature. And you were making eye contact, not with the book, but with me the entire time, daring me to do a signature that was as good as yours. You have this Paul. room. It's <laughs> funny because I don't, I don't, I, I block certain things from my, my memory, and that's interesting. It, you say that. I'm saying it's what you've got is like now a healthy understanding of your, you know, your role in the project, but also that very charming thing that's happened, where I think you started to go, a bit of a hero, uh, which is, which I think is true, but mm. also it, it is funny. But when you read the book, do you think this is real, or do you think? Cool. This is a story um, in which I am a character. Well, more so the character um, in the second book. Yeah. Because the first book that we're talking about is is very much on point yeah. and yeah. factual. Yeah. As far as um, you know, the events. Um, but you know, I, I regularly get stopped in the street um, <laughs> up here in Sydney, mm. um, which is kind of nice. Um, to be honest with you, Christine can't stand it. I've been with Christine when people have stopped us. And, of course, um, Christine just sort of doesn't like the uh, the limelight at all, mm. whereas I love it. Um, but I, I'm taking it in my stride. I'm yeah. quite aware of big things happening behind the scenes, very big things that we can't talk about. Um I was having coffee this morning in Manly with a few mates and we were chatting about various things. And I, I, I think so far I'm relatively uh, unaffected. In fact, I was at Dan Murphy's yesterday and <clears throat> every time I go into Dan Murphy's, I can't help myself. I try, try very hard not to say what I'm about to say, but I always try and not say to members of the staff, oh, you know that guy over there, the face of Dan Murphy's? And they go, yeah, I go, well, that's my son. And I really, and in fact, a guy yesterday said to me, aunt, or he actually, he spun me out. He said, isn't your son a lucky guy? Can you believe that? Did you get a discount, by the way? Did you no, get any kind of perks I've never had a all? discount, none. Yeah, neither have I. But, I look, yeah, I, so yeah. I, I, I'm really kind of, um, I'm, I'm chuffed. I get excited when I see your photo on billboards um, in Sydney. But if I ever saw my own face... Yeah. On a billboard, I th- yeah. think I'd shit my pants. Okay, well, I, that seems like reason enough to make it happen. So let's let's make that happen. I mean, in the future, let's say something. Let's say let's say we got a feature film or something wild like that, and there was a billboard, you know, like a Netflix original, loose units, and there's an actor who everyone knows, and it's clearly you. He's wearing one of your kind of you know barley t- distressed t-shirts, and he's got he looks and he looks like you. What would that experience be like as a person, as a human being on this planet to see a famous actor playing you? I mean, think of Erin Brockovich, right? Who was doing her stuff, fighting the man and doing the kind of legal whatnots. And then suddenly Julia Roberts is playing her in a film. And there was a great moment where they kind of rocked up on the red carpet together. And I just thought, God, that must be a surreal mm, experience. Incredible. Well, yeah. I, hope if, I hope if this thing goes places <clears throat> as it may or may not do, um, I would love one day... Yeah. Um, to maybe 
be on set and and experience um, if that ever, if that ever eventuates. <laughs> if it happens, I mean, if yeah, I'd who be knows? really excited um, to just be because I love the whole thing with film. I love I love the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Um, but Paul, I love our weekly chats, and I don't know whether the listeners um, whether I've said this, but I'm in such a groove when we do this twice a week. I sit here, I close my eyes, um, I'm sort of resting on one, I've sort of got one, my right hand sort of on my forehead, just sort of not supporting my head, but I'm getting very chilled. Now I'm I'm super, super relaxed. And I'll tell you, Paul, and listeners, Mm. when I I went and did a face-to-face with you for the first time in 12 months in Melbourne a few weeks ago, Mm. and I sat opposite you, I actually felt slightly awkward and a touch uncomfortable. Because I have so gotten used to the fact that we can't see each other. We can visualize and sort of creatively meld, but it was quite... Did you find it a little bit weird sitting opposite me? Yeah, it was odd. I mean, we'd spent so long because we do this, you know, twice a week and we don't see each other's faces during this process. So it was a little bit weird that when we get back on stage, it's going to be extra weird, I think. But, Dad, you mentioned something before that kind of really... It really grabbed me. So you were talking about when you get stopped in the street and mum is with you. First of all, to listeners, feel free to kind of give mum some props because to be honest, she's kind of a hero cop as well. I also find it interesting where people are gushing going, oh my God, John's so dreamy. He's such a silver fox. Hi, Christine. She's right right there. Secondly, yourself and mum met on the force and the, the story of how you met and the speed with which it happened and the improbability of... Because when you're reading the book, the the reveal that Christine is mum is actually a plot twist. I mean, it is actually a reveal. It was structured... I deliberately structured it to kind of obfuscate that fact. You've got Paul and John's kind of... You know, you've got Christine who comes downstairs and then you've got this woman who was never referred to by name who you sort of met on the force. And this week's chapter of Loose Unit's Origins is chapter 22. It's called Mum's the Word. Every chapter, by the way, is typically a dad joke or a pun because that's kind of the tone I wanted to go for. But this is the chapter where you basically meet mum properly. You're introduced to mum by someone called Sue, who you've been partnered with kind of around this point in the book. So I thought we could talk through mum because mum's come on the show before and talked about her cases. But I would like to I'd like to read an excerpt from this chapter and then I would like to talk to you about what it was like to meet her and to get to know her. Would that be okay? Yeah, brilliant. Okay. So at the tail end of last chapter, um, this is the last bit of the last chapter. After finishing up and after he received a warm, friendly handshake from Dunn, John decided to check the roster before fronting up the next morning, perhaps to be a little better prepared this time. Standing in front of the board, he traced his finger down the grid to see whose name was placed next to his. Christine. Oh, the sound of a page turning. It would be an understatement to say that John made sure he looked good for work the next day. He was also early, even earlier than usual. He wanted to do everything he could to make a good impression with the woman he'd seen tease a shoe off months prior, an image he hadn't quite succeeded in scrubbing from his mind. Hopefully they'd catch something while out on the road together that was doable, but left enough room for banter. Something with intrigue, but without any tragedy involved. A dingle, perhaps. Now, first of all, can you tell us what a dingle is? 
Um, <clears throat> well, did you use that word or is it my word? You said dingle to me during the... Okay. Well, it's just a minor accident. Very, very minor prank. If I Google dingle, I'm going to see what comes yeah, up. I don't think, I don't think um, that meaning that I use pertaining to a minor motor vehicle accident, but I could be wrong. Well, um, I've, I've looked up dingle uh, and according to Wikipedia, dingle... Um, dingle... Is a town in County Kerry, Ireland. The only town in the Dingle Peninsula, it sits on the Atlantic coast about 50 kilometres southwest of Tralee and 71 kilometres mm. northwest well, of Well, clearly, clearly, Paul, I didn't mean that town, did it I? It looks charming as hell. Mm. I mean... Well, I don't know where I got the word from, but I mean... Yeah. I, I kind of want to go there. I'm looking at Strand Street in Dingle. It's so charming. So when you say you hope you encounter, don't encounter a... Or you know you wanted to encounter a Dingle. I'm thinking, yeah, but if your car suddenly teleported to this place, I mean, how could romance not be on the cards? Um, Mm. So, okay, so you rock up to your shift and you know you're going to work with Christine. At that point, it's very clear um, to you that working on the police force is basically like rocking up for retail. You check the roster and you find out you're going to be rostered on with some, you know, just some random person. And this is you finally getting rostered on with that woman that you've seen and the woman from the ad uh, that you that basically lured you into the police force. Mm. Could you cast your mind back and just really make an effort as t- to describe what it was like to interact with Christine properly mm. for okay. the first I time? I will. But Paul, um, firstly, you said, what did you say? You said, can I go back and really focus? But I always focus. <laughs> always. There's no, I don't differentiate. Between episodes, I'm always keyed in 100%. So let me just say this firstly. Yeah, yeah. There were about 150 police working at North Sydney Police Station mm-hmm. in uniform. Then there were another probably 50 detectives up the road. Now, everyone should know that. That's yeah. been following this story over the years. Yeah. And we used to, like, six division, North Sydney was 6'1, 6'2, 6'3. And then Mossman, 610, 611, maybe 612. Then you had Highway Patrol working at a Mossman. You had licensing police. You had detectives. You had the entire gamut, except the major squads, forensics. They were obviously in other locations. Now, the, the standard shift, general duties back in the 80s, you had three shifts a day. I'll just run by them very quickly. 7 a.m. till 3 p.m., 3 p.m. till 11 p.m., 11 p.m. till 7 a.m. However, someone had this really clever idea, and, I, and I'm not being facetious, I'm being very serious, mm. in having, having what was called, let's call it 6-5. And that was a weird shift, but really clever, in that it started at 10 a.m. and went till 6 p.m. A couple of reasons for that. Firstly, in the afternoon at 3 p.m., you could basically say from 2.30 p.m. till 3.30 p.m., change of shift, there was no one on the road. So they came up with this idea to have a car that was just basically cruising, patrolling, always on the road when everyone else was back in the station. Mm-hmm. And that's the car that I was rostered on with Christine on that day. And I remember that first encounter with Christine with such clarity, obviously, it was, it had been raining and 
we I made sure the car was perfect as usual. Um, the car was parked out the front of the station. Christine, you know, looked a million dollars. She was she was always immaculately attired. And we, you know, it was just fortuitous that I... But I had no sort of... I didn't have any ideas at that stage. But obviously I felt a little bit kind of, I don't know, moderately excited perhaps working with Christine. Could you describe what she looked like at that point? Um, I mean, because first of all, was she... Did she look like she did in the photos? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And she was one year your senior at that point. She was senior to me? Yep. By a year. Mm-hmm. And um, and she'd obviously the, seen some shit at that point because she, you know, she'd... Was, she she'd was seen f- some bad shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd been um, involved in some really heavy stuff. Did you, obviously, when you were... Because this chapter talks primarily about the fact that you basically go on a date of sorts. Mm, yeah. Well, we went to... Um, we went to... I hate to say it, McDonald's. Yep. <clears throat> no, I mean, we didn't go to McDonald's for a date. We popped into McDonald's at Cremorne and grabbed some food around lunchtime. But remember, it had been raining. Now, Paul, I need to pull you on one little tiny, tiny part of the story. And you say in the book that I... You mentioned Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. I would not have said that to you because I don't think Coca-Cola has ever touched my lips. Do you uh, know that? I'm yeah, not into you, Coke. But you, I mean, you sure you but haven't... I mean, you were a young no, man, right? But I just... I've never liked, dare I say it, and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot. Mm-hmm. But... Um, well, what's probably I, happened here is you probably said that... Because the, the important thing here is what mum was drinking, right? She, yeah. was a, she was mad for a strawberry thick shake, right? Mm. Like yeah, she she's was, always... And she, even, even to this day, listeners, um, and I just can't believe that... I mean, I just... I, I'm almost philosophically opposed to that organisation. Right, And yes. they used to give it to us for half price. I remember there was a button. Police yeah. promo. There was yeah. a button saying police promo. And it's, yep. still, it's, still, it's still in existence, probably all over the world. It's probably mandated in, in the Golden Arches fundamental philosophy uh, of, che- of cheap protection. That's they, how I see it. But they keep... Uh, I would be really curious. If anyone works at the Golden Arches, could you please get in touch and can you verify that there's some sort of Button? Because I know, look, if, here's well, the thing. Well, there was, though. I saw it. It said police promo and they now, hit that button and it automatically go half price. Are you sure that it's not the button where you reach under the counter and it says police and you press it and it's for when you're being robbed? Because that's a no, different... They, co- they would have they had one of those too, but no, no. Because no. what, what would happen is then they would come over and in order to kind of apologise for the false alarm, you would give them half off. Okay, but, now, now listeners all yep. over the world, get ready for this. Mm. At McDonald's at Cremorne, they mm. had a designated parking spot for police only in the car park fact may or may not still be there can you uh, imagine a spot designated for police cars what? that's not for police cars on business that's for police rocking up yeah. going in and getting 50% discount on the the produce hey did you ever eat oh, that's a generous use of the word produce did you ever eat donuts while on duty or is that a complete lie I may or may not have eaten donuts. Are we talking like a jam donut, a cinnamon donut? Possibly. Obviously- I do. I like donuts. But here's the thing, listeners. Christine, mm. to this day, mm. and she will be probably a little bit upset I'm saying this, sort of putting it out there, but she still loves occasionally. When I say occasionally, I'm saying maybe once a year. Yeah. She has a desire for a strawberry thick shake. Mm-hmm. 
a Big Mac. Yep. And something else. I I can't re- recall. You know what I like so to do? That, on, I like yep, to do what? the I like to do the land, sea, and air. So I get chicken, fillet fish, and a junior burger, and then mm. I have. <laughs> but I also do, I also don't eat McDonald's anymore because I don't eat. I mean, I'll get a fillet fish any day. It's just a big square fish finger on hot bread. Like I love. A filet mm. fish. And I love chicken nuggets, even though ethically they're really fucked. But I think what's mm. interesting is mum turned into a bit of a, I mean, a bit of a, a hippie. Vegan. I mean, she, yeah, she, she was became. a vegan. She was into yeah. kind of, you know, she taught yoga at one point. Um, yep. You know, she was, she's not the kind of person you would envisage doing this stuff. But food aside, the two of you went down to. The- oh, well, well, well we, we picked up the food. Yes, yes. And we drove. I, I, I was a little bit kind of a little bit naughty, I guess you could say, because I'm not saying I had ulterior motives, but I think because you never really know what the other person in any relationship in the in the tentative early stages of a relationship, mm-hmm. you you don't want to misconstrue. And this is a universal sort of thing I'm discussing here mm. neither party if they're both interested in each other wants to blow it and perhaps that's not the best term to use but um, they kind of you're, you're reading all the signals are you misinterpreting the signals are you coming on too fast are you coming on too slow it's a it's a fine it's a delicate tightrope and I decided because I'd already scoped out not for this purpose but I knew the area pretty well and i knew there was this because you have to stay in area mm-hmm. you are very much confined particularly on this particular um car that we were working our, our our job primarily was to cover and if things sort of we would pick up the overflow i get um, it if things got too busy yep planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365 day returns hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But the weird thing is, Paul and listeners, that on this fateful day, we the radio was basically silent. Is that and that's we, not, we that's like not a, normal, is it? That's, that's no, it's not normal. Okay. It was just sort of almost divine intervention. Mm. So I I knew this great park down 
on the harbour and um, so I drove down and you come into this beautiful car park and you're overlooking um, one of the sort of the river tributaries of Sydney Harbour. It's a magnificent location. Mm. And there was a slight fog. So it, it, it had been raining, but then it, not a lot of rain. So when a bit of rain hits the hot asphalt, the hot tar, you know how the steam comes off? Mm. And it, it was coming off and it was very, I have to say, it was, it was quite romantic. And we pulled up. It was like kind of a little bit like a first date. Um, not the most romantic thing, having um, said takeaway food. But I just planted the car, nose out, sort of basically on the edge, looking out over this beautiful um, harbour. And you could cut the air with a knife. So there was that awkwardness. There was that tension. There was that anticipation. And um, I mean, you just met, basically. I mean, did, yeah, just met. But you had been kind of watching her from afar. Yeah, not in a weird way. Paul. No, not no, no, in a no. I mean, stalking way. No, but- no, no. I mean, she, she kind of, she was in your periphery for quite a while. Yeah. But she didn't notice you. So no. there's a whole kind of, and this is an interesting narrative point in that there is a story in Young John's head, right? And this, so for Young John, this is kind of you know, seven steps down the road of this kind of developing story, even though it's kind of a background process because, but, but for her, it's day one, basically. Mm. Do you think that is why it took longer than it did for you guys to get together properly? Given that it also, I mean, I should also add that you guys got together very quickly, but do you think that's why that day was sort of, you know, panned out the way it did? Um, well, here's, here's a fact for you, Paul, and I don't want you to kind of react weirdly or in shock and you may not but let me just put it put it this way dear paul i was not the only person interested in christine at Uh, the station did you know that um no i didn't but that's fascinating so who else was um was vying for her hand there was another guy uh who who went on to become a detective oh was a total fuckwit this is he'd been to a private school he was a complete wanking tosser <laughs> and um and and please keep that on the record he was a dead set tool how much of your um, appraisal of him uh comes from the fact that he was vying for the for the hand of your of your 95 you know, okay <laughs> but he was actually a wanker he he in 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 a future in a future sort of time and yeah. i don't know whether you've written about this but i think you have he became a a wannabe detective they used to call it a list Yep, and uh, in training. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the story about one weekend he called down to the station to get me to wash his car? Did I ever tell you that? Was he a detective at this point? No, he was a trainee detective. But no detective would even do that. Hang on. So wait. Now was this after the, after you ended up with Mum? Look. No, I'm trying. No, I'm trying I, to say. I suppose, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, so the, yeah. You, but, but he was that, just a tool. This guy. Do you think guy. that's fact, the reason? Do you think that's why he did that? Uh, yeah, possibly. I don't know. But right. look, you know, <laughs> I look. Christine was a very, very popular woman at the police station. Mm. She she had lots of potential suitors. I can assure you. She's going to kill me for saying this, but anyway, it's true. So I was kind of, you know, I was sort of, I wasn't the only, uh, 
but I had to be super, look, I guess I had to be myself and, and hoped that she would appreciate me for who I, who I was. Yeah. And, um, and look, things were very, and it was, and, and, you know, you mentioned in the book, in this chapter that I kind of was going to, you say I, I was going to reach across and kiss her. Did you say that? I think you did. Um, now, I'm not sure. I was look. I was super nervous, and um, and you know that expression "saved by the bell." Yes. Uh, she was saved by the bell, and maybe I was too. In that, th- when things were getting kind of, I say steamy because it was actually steamy outside. Mm. Um, but I felt cool. I felt comfortable. I felt that, and I didn't want to blow it. Um, but then we got a job. A, a, a job to a um, you know, one of these armed holdups. Um, yes. Now that 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 particular job that you go to is, uh, I believe, the next chapter potentially. Mm. But yeah, I'd like we'll, to just we'll uh, save it. But like, oh, look, yeah. I just realised that yeah. you know, from the get go, Paul, mm. if you're working in a in a job in any job, but particularly, dear listeners, in a in a in a potentially really dangerous job. Mm-hmm where you let your guard down or you think about... I mean, it's all very well to think about your partner's safety and, and you do that in policing. But when you start to get involved, as, as this will become over the next few um, episodes, you, the listeners will begin to appreciate the, the downside of, of working with someone that you ultimately you know, become romantically involved with is very, very dangerous and fraught with with, with danger yep. and and that that will become apparent as we continue the discussion but 100%. you know it um it it it, it was scary to think because what you're doing you're taking your um i was going to say taking your eye off the ball but again not the great or best metaphor um but yeah it's um and then there's that natural jealousy because then I'm thinking to myself, look, I really, really like this particular person, that is Christine. Yeah. But when you come back to the station, you can't let anyone know how you're feeling. But then you have to then stand back and observe other people probably doing the same as you. But how how is that different from, for example, kind of developing feelings for anyone in any job? Agree. Look, it's it's difficult, and I think um, you know office romances um, or romances between teachers and yep. politicians, and and it's really in in the spotlight, and 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 at the moment, it's 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 very much a polarized sort of topic um, mm-hmm. because it affects your judgment, and then you've got the whole power thing. Now, I could argue, and I could say this hand on heart, that at that particular point in time, Christine was senior to me. So it's not always, um, you know, the man is senior to the woman. Sometimes the woman, and I'm thinking about law firms. Mm. Um, I mean, what happens if you've got a female judge and a male associate? Or what happens if you've got people of the same sex that, um, that you know, love and hang out with the same sex, um, uh, you know, sort of romantically? There are so many dynamics. And um, look, it's just, it's it's... It opened up a, a Pandora's box and a can of worms. And very, very quickly, I don't want to sort of blow this, again, not the best term, but I don't want to sort of use, I don't want to sort of um, make this story out to be, to talk about the potential ramifications, but 
Christine and I very, very quickly uh, realized that it was no longer safe to work with each other. And um, we, we, we then began to sort of try and try to... But we had to do it with anonymity. Mm. You know, we couldn't go up to the roster sergeant and say, you know what, I really fancy Christine and, um, you know, please don't put us together because we yes. had to keep it secret. Of course. And that's, that's obviously really tricky. Um, that's something we'll deal with down the line and I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. But something I want to loop back to before we finish the episode is the idea that a detective or a detective in training, first of all, you end up, ended up uh, in past, getting an offer to join the detectives. And I assume if you'd accepted, you would have ended up doing what this guy does. Could you give us the, the name of that sort of um, type of, what did you say it was? The, the, that training phase? A-list. An A-list. A-list, yeah. Okay. Um, no, so- I would never have done that, Paul. I wouldn't have done that if I was the commissioner of police. Phone no. down and some ask some junior constable to wash my car. I mean, now that, honestly, that is okay. So, I mean, it seems to me, and I'm guessing the listeners feel the same way that what's happened is he's had an eye on Christine. You've ended up with her, and then he's gotten his promotion to a list, and he's gone. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a bit of a dick about this, and then because did he ask for you specifically? Yes. So yeah, that's clearly that's clearly him. Paul, you're just your voice just went up one octave. Yeah, it's because I'm I'm going back into puberty. I'm so frustrated. Mm. Uh, but I rem- I remember um remember how we talk about and we've always used his real name, the Sergeant Joe Harding. Remember him? No. He was an amazing sergeant. He he because I, I said to Joe, I said Joe, this this guy uh, he's asking me, and technically being a list meant he was and he was senior in rank as well. But it was mm-hmm. a Saturday morning, or it could have even been a Sunday morning. And and you and Joe Harding, he just grabbed the phone, and he and he just he he just gave it back to this dickhead. That's excellent. And it was brilliant, and so and said, "Mate, don't ever, ever try that again." And the problem was for this this dickhead is he was only in training, and I don't think the training worked out. And then he had to then come back to the station and go back into uniform, i.e., run the gauntlet. But he'd kind of messed his bed a little bit. Right. So he was a bit bit silly. But he'd been to a, not saying this is a, a thing, but he had, this particular guy had been to a private school and he was a dead set dickhead. But 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 in fairness and, and, and something that, and, you know, I'm putting it out there, but I think actually mm-hmm. from memory, Christine had actually gone out with this guy a few times. What? Yep. yep. What? Yep. Can, is mum there today? No, thank God, and she would be totally pissed off. No, because we need to me. find out. Because I mean, this is this is pretty formative. I don't ever like to pry into this stuff, but if she went out with a she did detective, but she'll in, look. She, that's that's her call. <laughs> if she went out with a detective in training, and then he ends up basically, you know, trying to fuck you over whilst on the job. And okay, so if you're an A list detective uh, in training or whatever. You basically, so you, you get into your cool casual clothes out of uniform, you go up and you do your sort of placement and then you come back in uniform. No, no, he, he generally, sometimes they didn't come back. Sometimes mm-hmm. they were accepted yep. and they became, they went into, you know, full on and then they ultimately became, um, you know, actual real life detectives. But you're saying not- that he, he screwed the pooch and he got sent back to uniform, which meant that he had to basically, so right, so he gets his A-list, he gets his basically, it's like getting an internship at a company, pulling rank on people who are lower down than you, and mm, then yep. and then getting sent back into the bullpen. 
to yeah, be with right. the people that you fucked around. That's amazing. Yeah, I know, but yeah. Anyway, oh. so there were, look, I'm, I'm, look. Let's face it. Look, you know, human human beings are susceptible to all sorts of, uh, you know, emotions and feelings, and mm-hmm. um, and the thing is that I could never ever give any of my true thoughts away. I mean, we weren't. Hang on, let, let's just pull back a bit. Christine and I were not going out with each other. No, of course. We're just working. But I'm observant. I'm, I'm watching. I'm seeing things and I'm thinking, God, I've got to make a move pretty soon. Otherwise, I'll, I'll end up mentally deranged. Yep. And, uh, because, more, you know, more. it was... Look, it, th- this is a universal situation I'm talking about. And um, it, it happened to have had a very, very good ending. But mm-hmm. we had to do lots and lots of things to make it work. Yes. And next week we're going to talk uh, about chapter 23 life's a beach which involves a date that you guys went on. oh that's that? incredible that's a great story yeah i think it's going to be good just before we close one final thing can you verify for people did you or did you not swallow the ring pull from a coke can definitely not okay I and also made- paul yeah. and paul look also can let let's just put it out there and this uh-huh. is off topic but please everybody watch the three-part series about lunar park yes Please, please. I'm a, I've watched the first episode last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to have a very open mind. I want to follow it right through to the end. And then we're going to do a special episode, Paul, maybe in the next few weeks. I would say, yeah, probably next. So next week's Loose Ends, we're going to try and do a breakdown of Dad's perspective, uh, you know, and my thoughts on the episode, uh, yeah. episodes on the yeah. three-parter. So. Great. Yeah, well, thank you so much for listening to another very, very strange episode of Loose Units Origins. We hope you're doing well. Please keep the messages and questions rolling in to facebook.com forward slash loose units. Last week, I put a call out and asked for scary, spooky stories, and holy shit, did you guys over-deliver. So this Friday, you'll be hearing some spooks, some scares, some Halloween japes. It fizzled out at the end there. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to another Loose Units. See you soon. Bye. Fantastic. All the best. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.